5 and 6, and we're going we're gonna to look at a little scripture, and we're going to hopefully get out of here. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given, <clears throat> and it will be given to him. Now, I'm not going to get into that. That word reproach has very unique meaning. I'm not going to get into it. We'll come back to that another time. Verse 6 says, but let him ask in faith <clears throat> with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. All right, and it goes on to say in verse 7, Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. All right? So I want you to ask in faith. We talked a little bit about Sunday school. We, we can come to God on three, in three different ways, if you will. God the Father, God is our Father, God is our friend, and God is a judge. All right? I want to I preface this by saying I, I've lost my father, you know, a couple of years ago. And so, but there was times that I would take things to him uh, because I believed he had the answer that I wouldn't take to anybody else, all right? And maybe some of you are here, maybe you would take certain requests to, maybe it wasn't your father, maybe it was your mother, or maybe it was an aunt or an uncle or a very close friend or somebody, because you believe that that person would have an answer for you, right? That you had confidence in that person, and your confidence in that person was above any and other person. So if you truly had a need, you would take that need to that particular person. Everybody with me? All right? I want you to have the assurance that we have the assurance that we can take whatever we have need of to our Father in heaven, and He hears us. Amen? Because I want, I want us to look into some things real quickly, the things that jumped out at me as I was kind of doing this study. <clears throat> so ask in faith, all right? Now I want to take you over to James chapter 3 real quickly. Verse 8. <clears throat> now, this may seem a little muddled, muddled, but I don't want it to be. But we're not mixing a bunch of stuff, but we're going somewhere real quickly today. Verse 8, it says, But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men. We have been, uh, we have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Okay. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. All right. This is important. We can't, just as we read a little while back over there in James chapter 6, I believe, or uh, chapter 1, verse 6, it says that we cannot doubt, that we ask in faith and we don't doubt. It says uh, we, we, if we doubt, we're like a man that's tossed to and fro, right? And when we begin to come into the courts of heaven, if you will, 
we don't want to come speaking blessings and cursings out of the same mouth. Everybody with me? Because then we're kind of being double-minded. We go back to that double-minded. Bible says here in James, he says the salt water or bitter water can't come out of the same spring as fresh water. The two don't, <clears throat> don't mix. All right? Blessings and cursing don't mix. They're not, they're not the same. They're two entirely different things, right? All right, so when we go to God, we want to go to God believing and confessing that He's God and that all things are possible with God. <clears throat> all right? <clears throat> Last one in James we're going to look at, I believe, <clears throat> is James chapter 4. Verse 1, it says, Where do wars and fights... Now, I'm reading now the New King James, so this is going to read just a little bit differently back here. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covenant and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures or your own desires. If I was to sit here and ask you this morning, if you had one request that you could present before God the Father, and it would be yes for sure, what would that request be? Now, I really want you to think about that. What would that request be? All right, because... Our requests need to line up with the Word of God. But the reason I ask it that way is because when you present it that way, a lot of people will think, well, I want, uh, I want to live a long life, or I want to live, uh, I want a million dollars in the bank, or I want this, or I want that. Now, God wants us to have all those things. He really does. But God has more for us than just those things. So if I was to say whatever it is that you, you know, whatever you presented before God today you could have, what would you ask him for? But it's deeper than that. Everybody understand what I'm talking about? Most of us are superficial when it comes to those things. And our mind goes to the temporary things, the things of this world. That's why the Bible says that we ask, but we ask amiss. We ask, but we don't receive. Because what we're asking for is not necessarily the will of God. Doesn't mean that it's it, you, that God doesn't want you to have those things. Everybody with me? Okay. But I want you to kind of keep these scriptures in mind because, like I said, I'm not going to keep you long today. But I want you to keep these scriptures in mind, and I want you to turn over, if you will, to uh, the book of where am I at? Let me find this real quick. I had it marked. Joshua chapter 15. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 15. I want let's read Let's read Joshua chapter 15 real quick. Joshua 
Joshua chapter 15, and we're going to begin in verse 13. <clears throat> verse 13, Joshua 15, verse 13 says, Now to Caleb the son of uh, Zephunah, he gave a share among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord of, to Joshua, namely Kerjoth uh, Arba, which is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. Caleb drove out the, drove out the three sons of Anak from there. Verse 15 says, And he went up from there to the inhabitants of Debir. Formerly, uh, formerly the name of Debir was Kajarth Sephor. I'm probably butchering those names, so y'all have better pronunciation. Go with that. Okay. At 16, it says, And, Sa and Caleb said, He who ta attacks Kajarth uh, Sephor and takes it to him, I will give Akshar. Is that the right pronunciation there? Okay, Akshar, my daughter, as wife. So Arthaniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it, and he gave him Akshar, his daughter, as wife. All right? Everybody understand? Their children of Israel have been given the land there in Canaan. Caleb was, if I roughly 85 years old at this time, roughly, somewhere in there. Him and Joshua were the only two people out of that generation where they went to spy out the land, okay? Caleb and Joshua were the only two people left alive out of that entire generation. The rest of them all died out in the wilderness, 40 years in the wilderness, all right? It was Caleb and Joshua. Jo Caleb would have been roughly, like I said, 85 years at this time. He comes into his, uh, to possess the land of his inheritance. He drives out the inhabitants there of Anak, okay? And he goes up and he comes to this place and he says, whoever goes out and drives out the inhabitants of this place and conquers it, conquers it I'm going to give my daughter uh, as a wife. All right? This was the prize, if you will. And so his, his uh, actually I guess it would have been his nephew, steps up, goes in and takes over. So Athenio the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it, and he gave him Axar, his daughter, as wife. And now so it was, when she came to him, that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. I want you to have an understanding. Get a grasp of when you go to God. The book, I believe it's the book of Romans, says we've been grafted into the family, but it also talks about the spirit of adoption. And we go to God as Abba Father. The word Abba there is a, a term of endearment. It refers to God or it refers to him as Daddy. Or some of us would think of a term as Papa. Or all those terms of endearment. I remember, uh, what was it? Uh, Poppy that they would call Ronnie. That the grandkids would call Ronnie. Poppy. Maybe your children or grandchildren have... A term of endearment that they call you, right? When I was little, when I was little, I called my grandmother Meemaw. Then you reach a certain age and that's no longer cool, right? Now looking back, I can still see my grandmother's face when I stopped calling her Meemaw and started calling her Grandma. Everybody with me? There was something, you know, I changed and I felt like, well, I kind of outgrew that. But I, I seen it on her face. You know, that, that term of endearment was lost. I still loved her. But you know what I'm saying? That, that special term. That's how God is. 
when the, with that term Abba Father. He wants us to come to Him as Dad, Daddy, Papa, however you want to refer it. Abba Father. All right? This is important. This is important. This is how this daughter... Do you understand sometimes we read Bible stories and we think they're just stories and that they really have no relevance or no meaning? But when you start putting two and two together, there's a reason why this story is written into the Bible and it's a reference for us here and now today. This daughter knew the heart of her father, Caleb. Caleb was probably, I imagine Caleb at 85 years old, a battle-worn, scarred. He'd been 40 years in the desert, probably leathery. You understand what I'm saying? Tough as a boot type guy. At 85 years old, he's still going out to war and still conquering, all right? This dude is one of those old men that you just don't want to mess with because, number one, he's tough as a boot. Number two, he knows he probably don't have much time left. Number three, he just don't care anymore. Right? Those people you don't want to mess with. <laughs> people who don't care, leave them alone. Because they sincerely do not care. Okay? But this daughter knew her father. All right, let's read on here just a little bit. And it says, now so it was in verse 18 when she came to him that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. So she dismounted from her donkey and Caleb said, said to her, what do you wish? And uh, verse 19, she answered, give me a blessing since you have given me land in the south. Give me also springs of water. Is that up there? Give me also springs of water. Her new husband just became owner of some land. All right? She, the reason he became owner of some land is because her father gave it to them. They went in, defeated the enemy. Father says, this is yours. I want you to get this point right here. She knew the heart of her father. Give me a blessing, for thou hast given me a south land. Give me also springs of water. Why would she ask that? Because she knew the heart of her father. And he gave her the upper springs and the lower, my Bible says lower, the nether springs or the lower springs. This was very important. But she knew the heart of her father. He had already given him land, and she says, Dad, that land you just gave us, we need some water to go with it as well. He didn't just give them the upper springs, or he didn't just give them the lower springs. He says he gave them the upper and the lower. All the water that they were going to need he says, daughter, it's yours. 
Didn't ask why? Didn't ask, didn't I already give you the land? Haven't I already given you enough? Don't you have enough already? But she knew the heart of her father and she went in and asked her dad and said, Dad, would you give me some water to go with it? And dad says, of course I will. If the girls, my girls want anything really, and they know how to do it, they will come to their daddy and say, Dad, whatever it is, and they know that if it's within my power, I'm going to do it. If it's within my power, I'm going to do it because they know the heart of their father. And they know that it is my desire to bless them and show them love and hopefully make them happy. This is important when you go to your father in prayer that you know who you're going to. A lot of times we ask, we ask amiss. Or we're asking not in faith because we don't know the heart of our Father as well as we think we do. We don't know the heart of our Father as well as we think we do. I want this to get down into your spirit today that you have an understanding that you have the spirit, by the Holy Spirit, you have the spirit of adoption that cries out, Abba, Father. And James says, whatever you have need of, ask. Jesus said, whatever you have need of, ask in my name, and the Father will give. A lot of times we don't get prayer answered because we're, not, we're, we're unsure of the heart of our Father. You understand what I'm, what I'm telling you? I, once again, if, if my girls want or need something and it's within my power, they know I will do my very best to get it to them. And it's the same way with our Father. I am limited, though, in what I can do. He is unlimited. I'm restricted by certain things that I'm able to do. He is unrestricted. It's important to know when you're presenting, when you're praying, that you're praying in faith-believing that there, you, you've taken doubt out of the equation and you're coming to your daddy in heaven. Amen? And saying, Father, I, I need help in this matter. I'm not talking about a million dollars. I am talking about a house, though, because you guys need a house. You understand what I'm saying? Whatever it is that you have, maybe you need a certain amount of money. Maybe there's something that you have got to... God knows that. But have an understanding of the heart of God and who He is. 
this daughter knew the heart of her father and knew that what she asked, she said, look, I, I, I need the springs to go with that land. I need the water to go with it. And dad, of course, said, here it is. And dad says, you're not just going to get the upper or you're not just going to get the lower, but I'm giving you both the upper and the lower springs. You're going to have more water than you know what to do with. Amen. You will find exact. I'll get you out of here real quickly. Turn over to. Turn over real quickly. To Luke. Luke, 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 Luke. Let me find it. Luke chapter fifteen. Luke chapter fifteen, real quickly. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 says, And he said, uh, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country and uh, there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. And when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against you in heaven before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Now, we all heard the story of the prodigal son before, right? How he takes and says, I want my inheritance now, and how he takes his inheritance and goes out and spends it on wine, women, and song. And before long, he's broke, and he's in the pig pen uh, mucking the hogs, amen, uh, which really was uh, 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 not the place for a Jewish boy, right? Uh, they considered swine to be unclean. This was the, this was the lowest of the lows, amen? Uh, and so here he is slopping the hogs and he says, uh, I'll go back to my father's house. And he prepares a big, he prepares a speech that he's going. He, he you know, he goes and in my mind, he's wrote this all down. He's thought it out and he's got it all wrote down and prepared. And he's going to go back and, and, uh, and talk to his dad and say, you know, father, I, I, I just want to be a hired hand back here. Your, your hired servants are living better than, than I'm living here. And so he prepares his speech, and he marches off to go back home. And it says, he arose and came to his father. It says, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. 
It says, but the father said to his servants, amen. Listen, I want you to have an understanding. This young man had guessed, wasted all and he decided to go back to his dad. He prepared a whole big speech of what he was going to tell his dad. And his dad seen him coming and his dad runs out to greet him. And he begins to give his speech to his father. And before he can get halfway through his speech, his father says, son, they call the servants. And he says, I want you to get the robe and I want you to get the ring and I want you to kill the fatted calf amen the son didn't even get to finish his prepared speech before the father said son it's all right you're not you're not going to be one of the hired servants but you're my son and you're going to take your rightful place he didn't even get to finish his speech that he prepared and the father said don't go any further And it's the same with us. Sometimes we lay out a big plan of how we need to go before the Father. If you would just get up and go before the Father, the Father would say, Son, daughter, it's all right. I already know. It's all right. I've already made... He's talking to the angels in heaven saying, Get the robe and get the ring. Amen. My son, my daughters, come home. Amen. And everything's going to be all right. But we don't have an understanding of who he is. And sometimes we want to keep it arm's length sometimes. Because we see God as a righteous judge, which he is. Amen. But we want to keep our distance from that righteous judge for fear of retribution, for fear of punishment. But let me tell you what, Jesus has already took your punishment. Amen. Your punishment that was reserved for you was already placed upon Christ, amen, was placed upon Jesus on the cross, amen. Any punishment that you would, would you would be worthy of, Jesus has took it upon himself, amen. And the robe and the ring and the blessings of a living God are waiting on us right now this morning, amen. And all you have to do is go to your Father believing that He is, amen, and He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him, amen. That if you go to your Father believing with God, my Father, Abba Father, all things are possible, amen. The Bible says that when you go believing, asking in faith, amen, Jesus says whatever you have need of, ask in my name, and you'll receive it. If we can just get that through our thick skull sometime and come before our Father and know our Father's heart, amen, we could ask what we have need of and we know, amen, that God will give it to us. But for whatever reason, we want to keep God at arm's length. A lot of it has to do with doubt. If we don't ask, we can't be rejected. If we really don't believe, if we really don't expect, that we're not going to be disappointed. You have to know the heart of your father. Just like this daughter knew the heart of her father. This son knew a portion of his father's heart because he said, but my dad takes care of the servants better than I'm being taken care of here. I can go back and just be live as a servant in my father's house. And I know my, my, my dad 
will treat me better as a servant than I'm being treated now. He didn't recognize. He didn't have a full grasp or an understanding that when he was coming back home, his father was waiting for him the whole time. Waiting for him the whole time. This was his father's pleasure. His father was in his heyday when his son came back. Amen. I'm not going to keep you any longer. I just want you to have an understanding. Maybe you have some things that you are in need of. And maybe you want to write those things down. And present them to God. This daughter knew exactly what she was asking for when she asked for the springs for the water. She knew exactly what she was asking for. Maybe you want to write some things down and say, God, this is what I have need of. And I know your heart. I know you love me. And I know you'll withhold no good thing from me. I know that you will give me the desires of my heart. And come to your Father and believe and expect. And then thank Him and praise Him. Amen. Amen.